0: We're about to light up Season 3 of Drifter Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode 1 is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely
1: mold the rest of the shape of your life. And
0: episode 2 is going to be called Loner Legends. Sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season 3 drops on October 23rd. This is Emo Lamis. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com.
1: the phone, ain't got nothing for you, hole. gonna slip it on down to the back down on a slide round, yeah, 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 i i down I wanna show you my backside. as I'm getting my going to my ear I am bla my na ma my bla on give down give the dress on the second step Get na 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 the na 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 cut, na 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 Welcome up into this wind, boy. Welcome up into this wind, boy. Welcome up into my in the wind, boy. I got in the shampoo. I got in the shampoo. Oh, I almost
2: lost my breath there hey everybody welcome to twisting the wind uh man that was was a fun one and that was a fun little one to do there i wish i could take credit for the entire piece of uh sound that was just that was just laid out but you know i'm just i'm just a thief i'm just a talk over thief that's all i am you know talking over thieving your nights stealing your stealing your blights relieving you from famine day and night uh this is johnny pemberton you're listening to twisting the wind triple stamped uh double overlapped one circle one play one cut that's how we're doing it today we have a special guest in the studio right now his name is uh uh, flavor tape and he is a uh, mixer
1: actually somebody in here besides me did you know that I was making it up something that a lot of actors do on set it's doing little songs about everything that's happening oh we're gonna go through the door right now oh I'm walking to him oh I love drinking this water it's so good because it's cold
2: Ooh. that's a very annoying thing that goes on not that you need to be aware of that or anything. It's just something that I thought I would share with you because I have to deal with it sometimes on a regular basis, not on a regular basis, because said I said, sometimes. Uh, so can something be sometimes and be on a regular basis? I guess so, right? It's uh, alternatingly alternate. Maybe that's what it is. Either way, you're listening to Twisting the Wind here on the Feral Audio Network here with Johnny Pemberton, uh, courtesy of Feral Audio, which is uh, uh, the podcast collective that uh, broadband blasts this entire um I guess you could call it a low, it's a, it's a high file it's a low fidelity, high, it's a high, it's a high quality, low, low definition. I don't know. It's a snow definition. It's a blow reminiscence. It's basically a a, a cloying uh, rendition of a master's stands standing up kitchen. If you don't, some people are doing these things now. They're doing a sitting down kitchen. I don't know if you've seen this. It's a cross legged idea that's been combined with a sort of a retro proto Japanese a retro Japanese uh, proto prototypical um, tanto bandwidth style where you're sitting cross-legged but you've got these little little cup holes for your um the balls of your of your heel it's the heel? the ball of your heel the ball of your ankle you know that side part of your ankle with like the bone it sticks out it's like wow i wish this ground wasn't so hard uh, but it's poured concrete and we all work together at the store we're having a team meeting right now and the team meeting you know we all got to sit around cross-legged because that's what janice says and then John Bo's going to come in here and really lay it down but so you're doing that cross-legged thing and you know you've got the shoes where. Maybe it's tilting up the ankle because of the, the thickness of the, of the Nike sole. Or maybe it's not, maybe it's an Adidas. Maybe either way it's, it's creating an angle that's, that's driving that side, that side buckle of the ankle into the poured concrete as you wait for this team meeting at your work. Cause, you know, you gotta have the team meeting. You gotta sit cross-legged cause that's how you pay attention these days. So you're doing that and you get that side, side boy in there. And that's how they had the floor kitchen was born. It's like I said, a proto-Japanese thing because they do a lot of floor stuff. They're older culture. They're like, hey, man, maybe these chairs are just too much. Uh, so they're like, let's do a floor thing. Let's pretend this wood is actually soft. <laughs> <laughs> Never do that Pretend wood is soft Because it's not as soft as It's softer than metal So it is soft It's soft It's not as soft as Maybe a cloth That's got a stuffing In it of excelsior uh, Which you know That girl The bad seed Did burn the excelsior That old Robin Was just trying to lay down On some of this excelsior Something you
1: should know I'm just trying to lay down on this Excelsior. That's all I want to do is to lay down by the furnace on the Excelsior. What is Excelsior? Why, it's just stuff you'd use to pack an old shipping crate. Back in the days when people would ship things in shipping crates, crates, crates. Great, 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 great. By the dawn's early light When we filmed our first fight By the candle neck hair By McDonald's in this dear Dear, stars banged out Yard. then the sun on the grass started smoking some
2: hash or grass or
1: das then poop came outside took a shit on daddy's lap oh does this does this does this, does this song does this does this daddy, does this song just repeat Honestly, I don't remember. Is it this? I, know I'm singing, I know I'm just singing the Spire Spangled Jammer for you, but I really don't know if it just repeats or... It has an ending. Oh.
2: That's what I'm talking about—a sick kitchen, yo. <laughs> so, thank you so much for being here and twisting the wind. Uh, it's a real special episode. They all are. They always have been. There's never not been a special episode. I don't know if you can tell by the tone of my voice. I've—it's—I've I've been working on this way of speaking. I've been—I've been cultivating a technique. It's a culture. There's a there's a microbiome inside my body that it, there's still a little bit something left. That hasn't been blasted away by the Cipro that I take or the Amoxicillin or the other Doxycycline or all the other crap to keep the crap from crapping out when I want, want to crap. Um, but that's what's going on. There's like a bunch of bacteria coating, uh, all of our bodies all the time. And they, they're, they're part of the team. Okay. So every time you do something, you didn't do it. You didn't do anything because you're not really you. You're just, you're just a collection. You're just a shit factory. And I say that in the nicest way. I think really we're just all shit factories. And that's your job. You eat the you eat the food and you produce the shit. And everyone's shit's different, but it's all shit. And as long as you're producing shit, you're doing your job as a human. Just keep making that shit. And then everything else you do is just, it's just extra. It's like a little extra pudding that's not poop. It's like a, oh, what do you do when you're not working? Oh, I'm a musician. <laughs> oh, I'm an actor Oh, I'm a dancer Oh, I'm a yoga teacher Oh, I'm a doctor Oh, I'm a, I'm unemployed That's what you do But you're not No, I'm sorry You're not unemployed Because you're always working You're working in the shit factory You are your own job We all are We're just part of the shit factory And your shit factory Is literally a, it's, li, it's liberally a, It's liberally a factory So Don't worry about anything Because you're just As long as you're shitting just everything's okay because you can do whatever you want because you're just a shit factory we're all just human solo shit factories that's um we employ lots of things that do the shitting and then just keep making the shit and whatever else you do is just extra It just adds to the 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 nature of your shit factory oh is that a shit factory yeah it's also a singer in a band yeah don't try too hard Because if you strain, you'll break your factory. Uh, okay. So here you are. I want to, I okay, I'm going to make a little note right now, drop in a little, bloop, like a sound here, just to sort of dignify, to signify the dignification of this ending of this uh, introduction. <laughs> Uh, Star Spangled Banner was brought to you by Francis Scott Key, the only guy who ever did that, even though he probably stole it and no one really cares or knows. Yes, this is Twisting the Wind with Johnny Pemberton you're listening to right now. It's been a little bit since an episode has been out because I've been doing a lot of things, okay? I've been international, I've been all over the place, I've been busy, I've been guest starring. It's good, it feels good, I've got a lot of, listen... I've got some episodes that are in the can. I was going to say in the pipe. I kind of like the pipe better because in the can implies it's like a different thing. But I've got a bunch of loaded, loaded pipes here. And two of them are with a... One of them is with a master gardener and one of them one of them is with two master gardeners, a couple. Pardon me. And they are excellent. I've been holding on to them for a little bit because I know springtime is coming for the rest of the
1: world. Hey man, guess what? Actually, uh, one of those episodes you just mentioned, the uh, Master Gardener one with Al Renner, you're going to listen to it right now because uh, you took so goddamn long in putting out a new episode that now it's pertinent uh, because it's springtime. Spring has come, winter has abated, and spring has come in the time you've been thinking about what to do. It's me. It's your conscience. Johnny, it's me. Johnny, me. its Johnny, 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 it's you. It's me. You get back on the horse. But springtime is is about to
2: lay down hard and I want you to be able to be invigorated by this uh, garden talk. So I kind of held off on putting them out. So I'm going to put those out real soon. I just got, I got some good ones. Oh my God. I recorded with some foreigners with beautiful, interesting vocal tones. And, um, it's just, it's just real good. It's just real happy to be here presenting these sort of, uh, diverse collections of, of recordings. That's what this is. Just, just a little co- recording collective, really. Okay. So uh, I want you to thank yourself for, um, for chilling out with your ship factory. I want you to, uh, <laughs> I want you, I want, I'm just talking about wants, wants and needs and haves and th- th- I could use a couple of th- needs here, you know, uh, please rate and review the podcast and subscribe. Do all those three things. You can do them all at the same time on iTunes, iTunes. Are you looking for a tune? Have you got a computer? Uh, iTunes, tune in, drop out, drop in and tune up. Check it out, rate, review, subscribe. Also, I suggest you fucking donate to the podcast if you're one of those people who's like, I've listened to every episode six times. I love it. It's my favorite thing. Oh, um, then give me a little money because this is if this is a, you know, I'm I'm basically recording a fucking album here almost every week, a fucking album that you give I'm giving to you for free, and I'm gonna keep giving to you for free. I have no problem giving to you for free. I really don't. I really don't. I don't have a problem give it to you for free but um i have a problem if you have a problem with getting it for free when you're like oh i shouldn't get it for free so there you go uh also you should buy a t-shirt i have a few left and these are the first like i said these are the first and only of this limited edition of twisting the wind shirts there will be i will some point make i will some point make another i will some point make another shirt i will i will do but right now, there's no, there's not, and there's nothing loaded in the pipe for <laughs> a second T-shirt cannon blast. Uh T-shirt cannons are the best. They really are, especially with the glitter, all that stuff. Just a good thing. So um, that's that's the case, and you should get on it now. There's very few left. I think our counter on the site is not reflecting of the current stock. Just because we're kind of lo-fi in that sense, but nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh so go ahead and uh, touch down on a Delta Dream and get that um get that um uh, twisting the wind limited edition shirt. Otherwise, keep abreast of my calendar at JohnnyPemberton.com and maybe coming towards a zone near you. Uh currently nothing planned. well this there's some stuff planned, but I don't wanna I don't wanna spread the bulk before <laughs> I don't want to spread the sprouted grain until I intend to brew. Does that make sense? Hey, you brewers out there? yeah, go ahead send me some of your stuff I'll love it um p o box um blah 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 ding dong wish tips Ha! it's uh it's a uh, it's it's uh it's uh twisting the wind at gmail dot com that
1: it's Twisting the wind that at Gmail.com. There,
0: there was only three. Okay, so, so not that deep here for that. You're, right. We're on a skill side.
2: And this is, uh, we, is, is you, Al Renner, who I'm speaking with. Yes. That's and uh, who else was involved with the uh, starting of the garden then?
0: From the canyon at that time, uh, Lydia Moreno, who lives right down the street. Okay. Uh, Mrs. Brown is now gone. She was a real powerful force, uh, Mrs. Alicia Brown. Uh, and she lived just down the street. Mm-hmm. I lived just up the street, uh, past the school about a half of a block at that time. Mm-hmm. And let's see. And then we got the blessings of, um, in those days, it was Council Member Reyes for for this area.
2: Right.
0: Um, and then we worked with the Council Member Garcetti's office in the local area.
2: And so that's how it got started. So you were involved in this type of things, uh, like agriculture and community gardening, before that.
0: Um. No, not really, really. but yes, really, when you go all the way back to my growing up in Illinois on a farm, you know, yes, that was in my roots. Right. It was just when I left home, I told my parents, I'll never be a farmer again. Yeah, a
2: bleeping farmer. You can, you feel free to not bleep if you don't want to bleep. So that was, uh, where in Illinois is
0: that? Um, It's a hundred miles west of Chicago. Okay. In, in and trying around to think. near DeKalb, Northern Illinois okay. University.
2: Yeah, I have some friends who are still live near there. Yeah. So.
0: I have family there, yeah. Right. So you got
2: out of the, uh, wh- what kind of farm did you grow up on?
0: It was about 600 acres. It wow, it's a my, big one. Um, it was a family farm, and I was fortunate enough to be, because every, the kids in the family all right. stayed on the farms. How many kids? Um, in my in ours, there was four of four. us. That's, that's kids. a pretty
2: small amount for a farm family. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, but Grandpa and Grandma had lots of others. Okay. So there was no yeah. no shortage of that. Right. And I got to really grow up my first maybe informative years of you know three to seven. Right. On a Farm that plowed with horses. Oh wow! And did everything the old-fashioned way.
2: Was that intentional, or was that sort of just that's how they've been doing it, and they didn't see any,
0: the need to update? <laughs> um, my uncles and my dad, right. who ran the, the farms, no, they had tra- they had tractors, and Grandpa wouldn't—he just wouldn't have one of those oh, angled wow. machines on his forty-acre. Okay, sort of what he had. Got uh, it. They let him. And, uh, yes, and I really grew up there having to do the manure piles and wow. cleaning the stables and saving everything. So it all makes sense to me here. The
2: permaculture
0: aspect. Everything, everything yeah. makes sense to me. But then you
2: left there at, uh, how old did you, were you when you left? Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen, okay, as soon as you could. <laughs> Eighteen, as soon as did I you, could. Did you join up in the Army or do anything like crazy like that?
0: Absolutely not. Okay. Um, <laughs> I have to I, ask. I, you I, know. Went to, uh, I went to uh, some private education, Right. and just fell into some real a really good job. Right. So I didn't even go bother to go back to real school, really. Right. And, uh, yes. And then I got drafted, of course, for you the did. Vietnam War. And I think I got drafted in 63. Can you turn
2: the mic towards you a little more? Great. <laughs> yeah, in, I, I got drafted in
0: 1963.
2: So what what wave of the war was that at that point? Do you remember?
0: Heavy duty. Okay. Yeah, it was heavy duty. So did you see... You would. Were you deployed? I was a general's aide. Okay. So, not really.
2: But you were... But I was
0: active, yeah.
2: Were you scared about uh, that being a thing that would happen? You would get deployed to, like, be a GI?
0: Well, my brother was a CB. Okay. What's a CB? A construction battalion in the Navy. And so he was under fire. I was very familiar with it. Um, No, I was... I was... I wasn't pampered or protected, but I was here in the states. Okay. I didn't have to leave.
2: Did you? Uh, was it into your mind about trying to? Would you ever think about not being drafted or like leave, going to Canada or anything like that, or being oh, a I conscientious? I and
0: demonstrated. Yes, you did. Okay. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Got handcuffed and hauled really? off at of the street at Hollywood and Highland. <laughs> <laughs> really? Wow. So
2: what, that was like nineteen. when was that? Be- before that
0: would have been in 1960s the late 60s okay 60s, so after
2: know. you came back
0: yeah. oh yeah after you were I finished after I, you know i believed in my service right okay I um i just didn't believe in the war
2: right yeah the people forget that you can do both you can i tried right <laughs> so so you were uh so you
0: moved to to california at that point I well I came back I actually came out here in 1961 I was sent out on a um, on a on a reporter I worked for the press at the time okay and I came out and they sent me out here I stayed out here and was drafted and had to go back to Illinois okay but when I got out I told them, you either transfer me or I leave and I came so that was with the paper or something, or was the it was, was with the, Western uh, Union? Oh wow! Okay, yeah, it was with Western Union mm-hmm. and Associated Press. I, I mean, I, I worked with all of whoever was in the who was ever inside the. the that time needed this scent. We got it. So you were writing, uh, were you writing at that point? Or doing I that? was actually coding it and you know putting it on the tape and then sending it through. That's what I did.
2: What does that mean exactly? Is that like a, that's sort like of like a big
0: old typewriter. Okay. You know, and I, it punched holes in tapes. And so
2: it's like a primitive computer in a sort. Yeah, <laughs> Very, primitive. Very primitive. Very primitive. So that brought you out here and you've been out here ever since then to in yes. the Los
0: Angeles area. Mm-hmm. I worked in the aerospace industry then, really, off and on, for. I I got I had my heart attack in 1989, so off and on from okay. the early 70s. I would did a lot of things because I'm just a radical. You I are. Mean, I right. was, I'm a social progressive. Right. <laughs> they used to call us radical. Yeah. Now, now it's I'm a social progressive. It's harder to be radical now. <laughs> yeah, I can't be as radical as I used to be, right. of course.
2: So you were out here, you were working in the aerospace industry, but you're also, so you were uh, socially progressive radical at the time. Yes. Is yes. there sort of, in your mind, is there, is there any sort of co- anything contradictory in that at all? No. Not at all? No. So no, when, no, when no, you were no. working, uh, what did you do with the aerospace industry?
0: I was in quality control. Okay. Um, and I inspected, and my department inspected parts and things like that, that were going to be used in... Right. It was the title is high rail space flight hardware, high reliability high rel. space flight hardware. I think it was military specs one hundred four and one hundred five. Okay, I mean, it was ingrained in your head. Yeah, I'm sure you can't possibly
2: forget those things because it
0: was pretty radical at times.
2: Got it. That was down in Redondo Beach area or something, or
0: actually, I worked out of Pasadena for the Jet Propulsion oh, Laboratories right. a great deal of the time on contracts that were. Dealing right. at the lab,
2: yeah, isn't and, that like Northrop Grumman or something? Is there? Who else is there?
0: Well, see, I was with Boeing, Boeing, uh, and I was with um, Electro Optical Systems, which was basically Xerox. Um, who, they changed uh, McDonnell Douglas, Litton Industries. There, there, There's a lot of everybody work. was up there. The major on the space, on the space shuttle, not on the space shuttle, on the moon flight there were the Bendix was the major okay the major thing and what is and, that um, Bendix is a corporation that isn't even around oh, okay right yeah that sounds they were familiar they the major but... contractor at that time right and I got to work on that um, with two instruments that went to the moon it was fun oh wow it was a great that's time. cool it was a great time
2: and so you're doing that and you're also living in Los Angeles being mm. an Illinois farm kid at the same time so it's like <laughs> yes I'm sure it was a I mean it's crazy time of sorts right
0: actually it was a wonderful time right it was uh, wonderfully crazy I mean the 60s were wonderful and I lived through a musical revolution um, and I was trained musically musical classically and so what do you play what instrument the piano I play for my own personal (laughs) nobody else's (laughs) (laughs) okay well that's how it should be right yes yeah and uh, so I did a lot of those things. I went and did a lot of firsts um, and didn't always do what I should have. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, now in my 70s and, you know, I should have done a little more work and saving, which I didn't. So you th-
2: you, that's your regret for that period is not saving enough money, you feel like?
0: Well, my next door neighbor was a professor at USC named okay. Timothy Leary. Ha <laughs> ha!
2: You know what? This is so funny. When I came here, I was—I told a good friend of mine I was going to be interviewing you, and I, I think I was actually maybe driving on the 110, but going, going to the overpass, and I was saying, I have a feeling that Al is going to be telling me something. I'm not kidding. I, I really said, I bet he knew Timothy Leary back in the 60s. And I just, I I can't believe that That, I'm sorry, I'm just like having a real moment here Because I really said that Not that, you know, not Not that that far far And I said it in my car And I was like, I bet Al was friends with Timothy Leary Or something like that He's got some sort of crazy story about that And lo and behold, wow, that's incredible And uh, (laughs) Okay, so tell me, your roommate was Timothy Leary Is that what you uh, said? Timothy and his wife was your neighbor?
0: Timothy and his wife lived right next door Okay And Laguna Beach Got it and um, <laughs> and part of the mantra was tune in, turn on, and, and drop, drop out. out. Right. The drop out, both Timothy and I agreed later, was not really the best thing we could have done. Right. Yeah. But we did it. Or to a degree,
2: to drop yeah, out. Yeah. Tonight,
0: it was. Uh, it was something, and it had. It was in a time.
2: So, yeah. It was a very special time that was sort of insulated by other things. Yeah. And I
0: remained friends with Timothy right till he died.
2: Okay, so you were living at that, living next to him at that time. But that's when he was. Uh, was that when he was, he was a
0: professor, th- a young professor from Harvard, at teaching at USC. Right.
2: So did you help him partake, and did you like partake in any of his uh, studies at all? <laughs> um,
0: Absolutely! Can't, wow, I can't that's incredible. Lie. Yeah, know, I can't lie, but because, well, it was a time.
2: Yeah, said, well, of course.
0: Lots of people will do things in their youth
2: yeah. that they will never do
0: again. Right.
2: <laughs> so, so that's that's some like the first LSD that was ever produced, right? It was pure. It was pure, right? Okay. And
0: uh, we probably abused. Right. Um, but it was yes, it was pure, but we it was legal.
2: So, what was that like? Do you remember the first time you took LSD? Yes. So is that an experience? Because previous to that, had you ever taken any psychedelic drugs? No. So that must be something, that was something where, because I've taken a fair amount of psychedelic drugs, but taking them, I was either either taking them with people who already had, or there's all this literature out there to to describe what it was like, and people who have done it, all these different things you have to go on when you're taking it, so... It's not the same, I feel like, because you were taking it. This is the first, some of the first acid ever ingested by humans, and you have never taken anything psychedelic before. Did you have any expectations at all? No. Not at all?
0: No, none at all. I, we I didn't know. Uh, Timothy told us we wouldn't have a really good time.
2: Okay, so so how how he had done it before, like how how long before you first tried it? Had Timothy first tried the drug? I have no idea. But not that not that far in the future, not not in the past actually, oh, right? No, no, it was pretty recent. No,
0: I was we were we were this pretty much the same age. He was a yeah. little older than me. Okay,
2: so you so you when you <laughs> first tried it, it was an experience where, um, like how did do you feel like it was a. And did it alter you permanently or do you feel like there was some sort of a change in your, in your brain that opened you up to different things that you had never uh, thought about before or since?
0: Yes. I, I would have to say that. Um, and I'm very fortunate in the fact that I probably what I did would be considered abuse. Okay. Okay. Um, and I never ever had a bad time. Okay, that's pretty good. That's pretty lucky. Exactly, because I had friends that just had... Now, I did some strange things. Right. Some very strange things, but never had a bad time, and I don't really regret... No, in fact, it was. It makes me laugh when okay. I think about it, and well, I did wh- some things that I didn't like.
2: What made you laugh just now? when You laughed thinking about not regretting anything because there was a little pause there.
0: Because the first you were talking about the first time, right? First time. Uh, it was just my blessed heart. My secretary at the time that said, "Al, this is what you do." Okay? Right. And I and it was a, a quarter of a tab. Okay. okay? Well, the friends that I was going to do it with, they said, "Oh no, 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 no! Won't get anything." Blah blah blah. They had already experienced. They said, "It won't. Nothing will happen." Nothing would happen if I just only did that. Right. And so we all did one.
2: Not a quarter. You did one.
0: Not a quarter.
2: You did one. So I did four times <laughs> what you were initially instructed to do.
0: And then they, meaning my friends, decided they were going to go to. Newport Beach. Okay. I'm not going anywhere because it's new I don't know what's going to happen Right, you want to it's stay better. put When it came on My friends were in Newport Beach And I think that they Simultaneously Because they, they all said the same thing We just looked at each other and said Oh my god, we left Al home Alone <laughs> <laughs> Alone having but taking acid for the first time Al had a great time not a great time. And I, the Moody Blues. I yeah. think I, I think I knew every Moody Blues song in the okay. world by the end of that night. <laughs> so you just basically stayed home and listened to music. I got out and walked around through the apartment complex. It was very strange. This is
2: in uh, in the beach area. Or? Yeah. Okay.
0: And went right back in.
2: Wow. Yeah, I mean, cause you don't really need I've a whole never lot.
0: told anybody those stories. Well,
2: now <laughs> they've been told. They should have been told. That's a good story to hear.
0: And so, it was a good time for me
2: Right, so was that like on a weekend or something like that?
0: Oh no, I lived right next door
2: <laughs> Oh, during, right next door to what?
0: Timothy Leary and, oh, No, but, it was many times
2: but, but this but this first oh, this time first was time, yeah. So you were, had a job, you were working normal hours, so to speak?
0: at that time I was in the stock brokerage industry. The stock broker? I'd gotten mad at the at the aerospace people. Wow. And decided I was gonna be a broker.
2: Okay, so you were working as a broker at this time mm-hmm. when you first did acid. Yep. So do you feel like after that first time, like what were your, when you were when you just, once you started coming down and it started wearing off, was there what did you I mean besides exhaustion, were there like thoughts about I guess just any sort of change in perspective or something that that you felt like was different that had never been different
0: before? Well, I'm sure there were lots. Right. Um, Oftentimes, I can remember saying, wow, this is a great idea. I'm going to write it down. Right. And I would go get a pen and a pencil and write it down. I just couldn't read it Then when I went back to (laughs) read I didn't know what I had written. And so, yeah, I gave up trying to do certain things.
2: Okay, so you gave up trying to use it as like a... uh
0: well, I was I think ca- like trying to capture some times, and I have them in my head. Right. You have some of those times in your head. Right. But they won't go away, so...
2: And some of that stuff just doesn't translate. It's like a different plane of existence, kind of. Totally yeah, true. so if you try to write it down, you look at it later, like, well, that's, that's not the same language as I heard right. it in my head, so...
0: And I oftentimes think about it, um... But I think if ever... Well, I'm in my middle 70s, okay. so I'm probably not going to be doing too many psychedelic drugs right. again in my life. Yeah. Um, I just think mushrooms would be wonderful, and I've already... We did peyote in okay. the days when I was around, so I mean, I know that. And I know mushrooms, but I think the mushrooms must be very good.
2: Right. So you, did you take mushrooms after... How did you, you take an LSD uh, quite a deal, b- good deal before you first took mushrooms?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's why I wasn't afraid of any drugs.
2: Okay, yeah, because that must have been a pretty intense experience taking such a large amount for the first time.
0: Oh my goodness, we didn't yeah. know we were taking large amounts. Right, but it turned out to be large amounts.
2: Large amounts of pure acid from Timothy Leary. So, is there anything else that you guys got into in that in that time frame? Like, what was no, like? No,
0: uh, and later on, Timothy liked nitrous oxide. Right. Uh, okay. Like also, you know. right. That nitrous is. We we're alike.
2: So you're just really experimenting with everything at the time. and
0: Yes. yeah, That's
2: so interesting. So th- did that, did that, any of that uh, experimentation with those types of psychedelics lead you into being interested in um, working with uh, permaculture or any, uh, gardening aspects? I feel like there's a, in my mind, there's sort of a link. You know what I mean?
0: Well, actually, I have to give it a little thought there. Um, but since we already know the beginnings of what I was doing in the 60s, Right. Uh, um, no, I eventually said the only drug that I was going to do would be pop. Right. Um, I did t- experiment with many others and mm-hmm. so forth and so on. I uh, found them not to be worthy of the money on my body. Right. Not, uh, many of those things, just not worthy of me using or doing. Um, and then I tried to do help. With legalizing pot, right? Oh yeah, 1968. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's come a long way. It certainly has. It's taken longer than I thought. Right. But it's working, and I think that the Colorado people have shown right. that just straight out it's going to work. Yeah, it's a it's a slow march. It's a new form of revenue, and right. they should be looking for new. Forms of revenue, mm-hmm. not taxing heavily the old revenue, right. the old things we do. We need new, and that's a new product. A new old product. It's a, it's a new old product. <laughs> yes, indeed. I can tell you the stories about that too, because I've done the study and history on it.
2: Well, let's let's pause real quick. I'm going to ch- I'm going to change these batteries out, and then we can hear that story. You're listening to Twisting the Wind on the Feral Audio Network. Please do all kinds of good stuff. Okay, bye. Good job. This is a too much chatter. Fire point is too much chatter. So we're talking about marijuana legalization and the product and revenue and stuff, and you were saying how. You have some things to say about uh, that initial movement and stuff.
0: Well, the, the story, initial, yeah, yeah, that it's a, a bit of a fun story. Also, mm-hmm. um, I think in my memory, my recollection, the first time we tried to do anything towards the legalization, we went to the Beverly Hills City Council and okay. asked them to legalize, it. and of course, they said no. Why
2: did you go there was, specifically? Specifically,
0: because they're a very progressive city. Okay. There, it's weird and, to think
2: about that now. My mind, it's not. <laughs> so like, I think about like uh, I think rich people who want to keep their money and will do it at all costs. That's my 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 mind. That is what it's now.
0: Mm, but, I, but I suppose it's. But I'm a poor people and I like to keep my money at right. all costs too. So I have some sort of a. No, but they were, as far as taking care of their city. Yeah. Those kind of things. They were quite progressive for the age. Right. Our friend, one of my friends was Jewish and he wanted to do it for a bunch of Jewish people. And right. And that's why we went to Beverly Hills. Right. and But that was the real start, and um, his name was Jack Herrera. He died. Not- Jack
2: Herrera.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Well, Jack Herrera is, uh, yeah, I mean, he's... He's a legend. Right. I and Jack were friends for years. Okay. I have... You know the book that he has written? I do. I haven't read it, but I know of it. Yeah. Um, when we wrote the first manuscript i won't tell you how the typewriters we didn't even have right we didn't even have what are they did they call them um teletype I no know. um <laughs> word processors okay right we didn't even, they were just coming on for the very it was typewriters having, but we just used typewriters and we did it and it was called everything you ever wanted to know about marijuana but the government refused to tell you okay and Jack insisted on that title, and eventually we found a place in Oregon. Okay, the Free Press in Oregon ran the first edition of that. This
2: is some of you guys co-authored.
0: Uh, well, I didn't co-author. Oh, okay, I just worked with him. I edited. Okay, okay. that was. Big. But I worked with. Jack. Oh, we had a lot of fun. We worked for years together. So what, what year is this approximately? This is late 1960s. Okay. Uh, early 70s. Probably I got out of that movement in the, I don't know, in the, somewhere in, after 72, 70, 78, I think was my last got it in the movement. Right. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: and so you got you. That's you helped them edit that uh, that initial, like the first marijuana paper, just in some first, extent.
0: It was. And it was part of the CMI papers. All right. Uh, the, and I think I probably am one of the only people, except for maybe the Free Press, who still has that wow. copy. Wow,
2: that's incredible. Yeah. And
0: then, the book was redone, mm-hmm. and Jack wrote all across the whole front page for me. Oh, cool. And when this third edition came around, Jack signed it for me again. Great. I'd like to see those in a museum somewhere they
2: should be yeah absolutely under some glass
0: yeah (laughs) and i have some of his earlier work that he did with other artists where he was drawing and uh, it but it was always in the vein of what that was headed for so
2: at that time when you were involved in that that marijuana movement were you uh interested in agriculture like growing or anything like that at all or no
0: i lived in pomona for a while at the time on 10 acres yes indeed okay um I did some bad things in that time. <laughs> well, like, bad is a relative term, isn't it?
2: Especially if
0: we're talking about yeah, growing a plant. I probably wouldn't go to prison today, right. For what was then.
2: But you were—you would have back then. It would have been a pretty I did. big deal. You went to prison. <laughs> wow, for for growing marijuana.
0: Uh, and some other things. So. Okay,
2: wait. So you went. To, so how did that? How did that go down?
0: It was just a bad scene. Um, you were
2: growing, you were cultivating a significant amount of yeah,
0: cannabis. I yeah, I have ten acres. Okay, and I knew how to hybrid and you know, and I Jeez. that was the. I just was in the wrong place at the wrong time, but when you are in an underground industry, you don't always know who you're involved or who you're talking. Yeah. to, even then, and. Um, the people that they, my friends were talking to were undercover cops. Wow. <laughs> and I'm there. So
2: So this what year is this approximately?
0: It happened in 1974. So 1974,
2: you you did you move to Pomona for that purpose?
0: No, I moved to Pomona because it was a beautiful, wonderful old house built in 1821 wow. or something like that. And it was added on to okay. had a whole history. It was just wonderful old house.
2: Right. And that was out in sort of the farm country.
0: It was, at that time, Strawberry Fields and Bean Fields. I had had the Southern California Conference at my place in Pomona and had 378 people come down and never parked a car on the street. Wow, <laughs> well, this is a conference for what exactly? It was for the uh, nineteen seventy-eight attempt at putting marijuana on the initiative. So this is
2: like an early uh, uh, version of normal, or is this norm- was normal around then? Oh, normal was there. I okay. was on the board, it. in California. So at that, at that same time, were you also growing? Yes, that's wow. partly,
0: <laughs> yes. So,
2: So what got you into that? Because that's a, that's, a, that's a big step to start to go from aerospace and uh, being a stockbroker to, to growing, uh, cultivating a, a cash crop of sorts. Right. Well,
0: <laughs> in those days, it would have been considered for a cash crop and everything. And my mind, I don't believe, was ready to be a good farmer Okay. or to be a fair farmer.
2: What do you mean by a fair farmer?
0: Um, some people are growing things, and they don't care how they rape the land. Okay, right. And raping of the land is a really important thing right. to me. And I got hired in... Um, well, I'd had a heart attack, like I said. and. I never. I decided I wasn't going to go back into the aerospace industry. So this
2: was in the late '60s, early '70s. No, this was in
0: 1989.
2: Okay, that's when you had a heart attack. That's when I had my
0: heart attack, and I decided I just wasn't going to go back. Um, And I did not know what I was going to do. Well, here's another one of those stories. Right. My life has been that, so that you understand it's. Um, I don't want to tell you too much about the drug thing, but right, uh, But otherwise, I was recovering in 1994 yet from my heart attack, not doing well. Uh, we lived in Los Feliz, okay, uh, just up off of Sunset Boulevard, right. And every morning, I walked with my cane uh, down Sunset past Santa Monica, right there at Sunset Junction, right. over to Fountain or whatever it is, I mean, Hyperion and back up to where I live. Mm-hmm. And I watched these kids and they, every day that I walked, I would see them and they dug holes and they moved these enormous rocks and they had lumber and things they stacked all over the place. And they just didn't seem to accomplish anything and I said hey what are you guys doing hmm and I kid you not the little guy who answered must have been 12 14 years old and if he could have pulled his pants down any further he would have both hands and right. he said we're building a community garden why Wow and that was my introduction to community gardens. That's cool. Actually, they I went I decided to go volunteer. Mm-hmm. I thought you guys were just wasting too much time and well it, there was a whole other thing. I I told him, "Well, didn't they think they were doing it kind of hard?" And the kid said challenging me. Right. If you think you can do a better job, why don't you come and show us, huh? <laughs> I remember the words, never forget them. Yeah. And I I was stunned, and I did what any other, and I say blonde, blue-eyed, white boy would do, meaning I think of myself on the level of people at that time, and I said, oh, I'm sick, I'm this, I'm this, Mm -hmm. and the little guy stopped me, and a young boy was in his place, and he said... And I get emotional about it. He said, that's all right, mister. We know we're throwaway kids. I was just devastated. Right. How could you feel that way at 12 or 14 when I looked and thought, what did I feel like? It bothered me immensely. Okay. And I went home, and my partner of 35 years said, look, go volunteer maybe you need to help them mm-hmm. it's bothering you that's how i got into community gardening wow that's a great story i found out they were being punished so here comes oh they're being punished the, here, the so work they, they're, they're doing weren't getting anything done and here comes this radical uh-huh. who says oh all right we'll build them their bleeping gardens right and we did and had a totally successful summer program. Wow! I don't think I ever enjoyed working with teenagers before, um, and it launched me on this. When the program ended, I was devastated. I lost my kids. Yeah, because
2: it was like it was so consuming. It was such a great activity, and everything about it was like and fulfilling. Their right. Their
0: response was so overwhelming that you just can't believe what it. it right. Well, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. I don't walk with a cane anymore Right I'm different They made me a different person Wow And that was uh, And after all
2: these other things had happened And it was something where So now was yeah.
0: the time for me to go to farm And I got hired by a homeless thing To what? Help them grow vegetables In a homeless camp encampment
2: Right And that's where we are right now And
0: <laughs> And so This is basically one of the places that it started Wow Right here
2: and so that's what could have got you back in. So I almost like everything had been leading up to that to some extent. Oh, I think that
0: life does that. Yeah. I'm old enough to see that life does that. And sometimes, sometimes the curve is so sharp, it's a right angle. Right. And other times it's a nice gentle thing. Sometimes the hill is really hard to go up. Right. But when you go up a really hard hill, it's usually going to be a nice ride down the other side.
2: Right. Yeah, I always think about that. People always say it's all downhill from here. And it always means like two things, you know. I always think, well, it's good and bad. It's good, it's downhill, but it's also bad. It's, yeah, it's know, such a you perspective know you're reach thing, a bottom. right? At some point.
0: <laughs> well, it begins. to, You have to look at it total, life in total, and, and a lot of and young people. I'm sorry, you know, you're a bit younger than me, but right. sometimes you don't have that experience. Oh yeah. That really can be. Things can be profound, and you don't even intend to say things that are profound.
2: Right. Yeah, experience is uh, underrated. Yeah. Uh, significantly. I feel like there's a lot, especially with things of the Hollywood nature. Everything, oh, yeah. age is attached Thank to everything. God,
0: I never wanted to be in the, the industry. Yeah. You know, we all call it the industry. The industry, the street. Yeah. And right. I just never wanted to be, and I have many friends that did. I have several friends who made it. Really? Yeah. Well, they live up there in the hills in the right. big houses. And so these
2: people who were around at that same time in the late 60s, you guys were uh, all hanging out with?
0: Yes, and I can't say who they were. All okay. right.
2: Yeah, yeah, off the record. Off the record, yeah. maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's interesting, though. That's so interesting how well, that Yes, remember the out. night
0: that... Uh, you don't remember the night, but one night the Hollywood sign changed to Hollyweed? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so you maybe... I'm still one of the people that are alive that was involved with that. Wow.
2: That's a lot of work.
0: (laughs) Oh, like I said, life was very, very good to me. I really have no complaints. Even the downsides were Mm -hmm. learning experiences and to teach me how to be better in the next part of what my life was going to be.
2: Right. Yeah, everything everything leads up to... uh, the, and I'm the the hoping point where that you it are.
0: continues for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, that leading because I want to change this into. It is changing into. Um, if if I'm fortunate, I will have Homeboy Industries. Okay, for, that's great. Here with me. Yeah, I will have the women's um, homeless center from okay. downtown here with me, and I'm working on a. Uh, social justice group in uh, Inglewood that will be with me Okay. all of these would be leased to restaurants eventually all right. mm-hmm. my kids go to school down there where we came up they graduate to up here to do work and the most important part is When I was in prison, they did not do anything to make you not come back. Okay. They just did nothing. And they, that's still the mentality in the prison. Yeah. And when I got out, I was so glad to get out. But... How long were you there for? Too long. Like long? Well, <laughs> yeah. I guess any, any length of time is too long. It's a little right. over a year. It's well, it too yeah. long. Um, I wasn't there the whole time. I They... Um, it was sort of interesting, they said, we'll teach this white boy a lesson, and right. I went sent to San Quentin, and, and then oh I God. went to Soledad, and then I came back to serve the final six months of my time in a in a local jail. Okay. And so, again, not, that doesn't happen to state prisoners very often. I no. can tell you the story of how that happened, when I didn't have anything to do with it. Right. So, my life has been guarded and guided, and I feel I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, whether anybody else thinks so or not.
2: (laughs) That's all you can hope for, I suppose. And uh, if I'm doing what
0: I like, I never work a day. Right. I never Mm work, and I don't. I come here, and I will put in labor, but I didn't work. Right. I go home and I sleep like a baby. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Right. Because old people don't sleep.
2: Yeah, that's right. They don't really sleep down well, but do they?
0: if we did <laughs> some of the things that we really liked, we would. But the thing of it is, I want to teach the groups that are coming to work with me, mm-hmm. if they are not an ex, I don't want them. What do you mean, not an ex? If oh. they are not an ex-convict, I don't want them. Really. And I same thing with the ladies. I want them arrested, and they're having a hard time. I want those that struggle to come. Why would I want that? Because experience tells us, from other programs around the United States, not mine, not my idea. This might be my idea. But it's not my idea. Recidivism rate, in the prison systems of the United States, except for one state, is 78%. It's pretty high. If I have been in prison, 78% of the time I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. That's bad. When you take these prisoners and you put their hands in the soil, and they. I have a get dirty shirt yeah. under here. And they get dirty. Guess what you think the percentage would be? Uh, Less. (laughs) I don't know how much less, but... 22%. Wow. 22%. One state... Now, I don't have a lot to say good about the attitudes of the state of North Carolina. Okay. But the one thing they didn't do was they didn't take out their farming system. And going back and checking their recidivism rates, the guys that were in the farming system didn't go back to prison. Only... 26% 26% of the time
2: Wow Because it generates that's, This magical that's, self-worth doesn't That's it? why
0: And my teaching To the women I've already done this I've been teaching Out at Pitches In the prison out there Okay And I've had women The women I teach them About the value Of this food For your family Mm -hmm. You have to feed your family Believe me, if you can grow lettuce That's better than what you can do in the store Why don't you do that? (laughs) I can't teach that to men With men, I have to teach them Look, this is an agriculture thing You can actually make money (laughs) But you have to know how Right. And you're going to have to learn and study Because there's a lot of rules that you have to follow Mm-hmm. and i don't find i have a waiting list in pitches to get onto my crew to go out and work in the garden No, wow. that's to get out and go to work in the garden but now to get onto that list you have have to had to go through my class in the school and i still have this waiting list so everybody that goes through the class wants to go
1: mm-hmm.
0: we have the best times I made them count worms one day. <laughs> well, we have this wonderful worm farm, they yeah. bring their stuff in, we feed it, we know. we How many do we have? We have no idea. So we weighed out a pound of worms.
2: Right.
0: And I gave each of them a pile and we had to count the worms that were in that pound and we added it up and we figured out we had a million worms in there. Jeez! They thought they had cracked the code of theory of relativity.
2: Yeah, because that would be pretty incredible to find out through the math that you have a million worms. I mean, they did Oh, they yeah. weren't
0: going to touch them. Right. They weren't going to touch them, but we had figured it out. Right. Uh, and eventually, they and they all counted their worms. Wow. So, to me, that is what I'm here to do. I'm doing. I don't call it even inspiration. It's mm-hmm. to me, it's not inspiring. It's what we should be doing. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's basic. What we should be doing. Hmm. I mean, even in an apartment, you should be growing cherry tomatoes, you should be growing fava beans. They grow well in plants, and if you don't want to look at your neighbors, they grow really nice and high.
2: They do, yeah, the fava beans.
0: And you can eat them. hmm uh, tree collards make wonderful background plants. They do. For anything at an apartment.
2: Those are the uh, those are like those brassica, right? Those are um, they're edible. That's right. A collard. Yeah. And
0: um, those are collards.
2: Yeah. I always thought those were overgrown Brussels sprouts. You,
0: everybody does, but okay. that, that's a I didn't collard. Know that. It never has a bloom. Never has a fruit. It has leaves. I didn't know that. And the animals absolutely love them. And now that people are beginning to learn right. what they are. Um, the restaurants, they they take every one I give to them. Yeah. Because restaurants serve greens and everything. Yeah. Around, and they don't have a big variety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those, we experimented with them one time. Okay. Yeah, I don't like collards. I, I don't like them either, actually, said, to I, be honest. Yeah, I'm from the Midwest, and I do not like collards.
2: am okay. not a big fan of kale either, but...
0: Oh. And I'm not <laughs> such a fan of kale either, <laughs> yeah. okay? So... I had a friend who said, Al, don't you grow collards in your front yard? And I said, yes, because I like them. Right. I like to look at them. Yeah. And I said, yes. And he said, I want to cook a batch for Thanksgiving at your place, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, cook, I'll get them. Yeah. You'll like them. No, I won't. <laughs> so we had Thanksgiving and there was this dish that i really didn't know what it was but it had coconut milk and curry in it wow and i love coconut milk and yeah. i love curry me and too I just scooped it up and it was those puppies wow okay and they you have to de-vein them yeah take the vein out boil them for about 45 minutes save a little of the juice of course Yeah. Then throw in a can of coconut milk and curry powder to your taste, and it's great. Mix the flavor with the thing back in if you need it. Mm-hmm. Put in a, I, you can use flour for thickening. You can use anything that'll mm-hmm. do a little thickening. Nobody will know what they are, and they're delicious. Yeah. And I actually eat collards. Wow. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah. That sounds great. They, <laughs> I have to try that. Yeah. And it was a friend of mine who put it together, not me. And there's all the
2: kinds of recipes for things that you wouldn't think you can use certain things for, but you can. It
0: was really an interesting thing. A few years ago, this was the place was really in production. All mm-hmm. of these beds were working. And I had a group of chefs come through. I had the uh, master chef from Dodger Stadium mm-hmm. and his three sous chefs. Right. Um, A little restaurant over uh by the Scientology Center called um uh Square One. Oh yeah, that's a great restaurant. John. I know John and his wife came by. The people from Larchmont Grill. Okay. I knew the owners of the Larchmont Grill, and they were in that group. And one more. Oh, supper club. Okay. Uh the big nightclub there on Hollywood, which is extremely extravagant. Right all three all four everything they did they tasted
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i'm not used to that i grow but i don't taste they ate everything wow so i had to learn if i was going to talk to chefs i better know what this stuff tasted like (laughs) and i've had to learn to eat many many things that i did not like or i probably still don't like right we so have like, to get an idea of what tastes like. I what have to know when like it's stuff. sweet and when it's not and when it's soured and you know, don't serve that. Don't send that to those people. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. Throw it away in the compost pile. Right. Don't throw it away.
2: Yeah, I don't have to throw anything away. You throw no, it in the compost I don't throw anything away. I want to see the compost operation you have here.
0: It's called the Taj Mahal of Compost. Oh my gosh. It's big. <laughs> it's a four
2: or five stage compost? Yes. Geez.
0: Actually, it's more because. We have a great deal. Nothing leaves the hill. Okay. Um, well, there's some things that will leave the hill. Okay. Uh, thorns, thorny things. Yeah, we just, the Bermuda know, grass. And, and certain of grasses. Yeah, we just bag them and throw them out. But basically nothing leaves the thing. And we even, you see all those where we trim and prune? Right. Those will be cut up into pieces that are six inches long and added to other pieces just like them in the black containers and we just stack them in there and every 6 months we pull them out and we take the ones that are decomposed and throw them in over oh, here. That's a good idea. and then throw them right back. That way everything that's over there broken down. is either a weed or it's been already started. Okay. And uh, yes, it's it's a good thing.
2: Yeah, you have to have a secondary compost for those big things. That's what we I started our garden, we have a, a pile of stuff right. that's sort of like the long-term Compost.
0: I started composting at my house in Frogtown. Really? Yeah. And I have the five-gallon buckets. Right. And I had a a porcelain eh, container. I like them. And that's where the finished one was. So that was stage three, or one. Right. And then the middle stage of composting. And then the starting stage of composting. Right. And I had... Two in the starting stage, one in the middle, and one in the thing. I now have three on the end. Jeez. I have three in the middle, and I have five in the starting. But nothing leaves my property. Yeah. So all of the leaves, all of the grasses that mm-hmm. everybody puts their little gardeners on to take away stays at my house. And I have more compost than I can use. Right? Yeah,
2: I have, we have so much compost now. It's like... Because I think a lot of people don't realize that it's, they can use that They don't yeah. realize that it's the perfect uh, thing yeah.
0: They'll go to the Home Depot and buy mulch yep. To throw in their pathways It's ridiculous Because it'll kill the weeds yeah. Of course it will But why do you rake up the eucalyptus bark then? because Uh that's what it is, ground up. Right. Yeah, that stuff has the oil on it. leave it here. They don't (laughs) like it not to look like their backyard. Yeah. So that's why I tell them, this is a farm up here. No, no, no. It's not going to look like your backyard. Yeah. And down there, we can make it look a little better. Right. But up here, no. (laughs) No. And you need to save everything. Yeah. Uh, Every plant, uh, everything needs to be ground up and put back in. Right. And I add horse manure.
2: That's good stuff. I have.
0: Oh, listen. Heats it up. Listen, there's so much horse manure generated in the city of L.A. because of all those riders around the park. Let me think about that. They are willing to give you anything to take it away. Yeah. They'll pay you.
2: Wow. So you take Uh, a bunch of that and you add it to the compost and to the... um,
0: I add it very specifically. Okay. I have a formula that I use. I'm actually getting ready when I see that this last, this one here, I'm taking over and restarting. When I get my first one that has started here, makes it down there and is sifted, I'm going to have that tested with the soil labs to see what I'm actually putting in here. Am I doing bad? Am I doing good?
2: Got Uh, it. Good. Is there any other aspects of the garden here that we want to talk about that you want to sh- maybe want to show me before we uh wrap it up for we may not wrap it up will it be like a two, an adjournment of senses in a sense we'll just say a p- for another time but uh oh yeah till another time yeah uh
0: no i think when you come and visit me in the next time you'll see some real change yeah and, and maybe the i'll have Kids here That'll and great. all of that stuff that would that I talk about right, right now, but it should be starting to take fruition soon. Well, thanks so much for having me here, Al. This was great talking to you about everything. That was wonderful. Right. I hope your right. listeners enjoy it. They will love it. <laughs> thanks, Al. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.
2: Thank you for listening to Twisting the Wind. We're in a to-be-continued status with this interview with the amazing Al Renner. There's more, but for today, this is all. Thank you for listening. Be well. Blast out. Move onward. Stroll across the green earth. It is yours. Take fortune. It favors the brave. Start today like it was supposed to happen, not because you just gotta. Okay.
1: Oh. government. It is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.